This episode is brought to you by Crimped. This is the best app I have seen when it comes to self-coached training for rock climbing. If you are a self-coached climber or you're interested in training for the very first time, Crimped was designed to give you a professional training experience right there in your pocket. All of the workouts in the app are crafted by world-class climbers and coaches, Tom Randall, who has been on the podcast, and his partner, Ollie Tor of Lattice Training. You can find workouts that are tailored to help you improve your endurance, your power endurance, your strength, power, conditioning, mobility, finger strength, you name it, it's in the app. With Crimped, training on your own has never been easier. Check out crimped.com. That's C-R-I-M-P-D.com to get started and download the Crimped app for free. That's crimped.com or find the Crimped app in the app store to get started with your training. This episode is also brought to you by Fizzy Vantage. I have been taking the Fizzy Vantage Supercharged Collagen every day for several months now, and I love knowing that my tendons and my ligaments have all of the building blocks they need to get stronger. Supercharged Collagen is a research-based, athlete-proven supplement that supports collagen synthesis in connective tissues and the force transfer matrix of muscle. What does all that mean? Well, to me, it means that if you want stronger fingers, you should be supplementing with collagen. I personally am taking collagen an hour before my finger training to try to get the most out of my training so I can hopefully one day hang that damn beast maker center edge with one hand. I still have a long way to go, but I'm still making progress. I am doing my finger training every climbing day, and I definitely think the extra collagen is helping. If you would like to feel the Fizzy Vantage, head over to fizzyvantage.com and use code NUGGET15 at checkout to save 15% off your next order. That's fizzyvantage.com and use code NUGGET15 at checkout to save 15% off your order. Finally, this episode is brought to you by Chalk Cartel. I've tried a ton of different chalk in my 14 plus years of climbing, and this is my favorite. I love the texture. It's got the perfect amount of grit to it that makes it feel stickier than other chalks. And I swear to you, it stays on my hands longer than other chalks. And if you're trying a long boulder problem or a pumpy sport climb or trad climb, Especially in the summer, we're getting into the warmer months here in the Northern Hemisphere. Not having to stop and chalk up as often can make all the difference. Head over to chalkcartel.com to check out their shop. They've got quarters, they've got kilos, they've even got a sample pack for $3. I call that the dime bag. So you can try it out before diving elbow deep into your chalk bucket. And if you're already hooked like me, you can buy a subscription and have amazing chalk automatically sent to your house every month or every two months or every three months. All of their packaging is eco-friendly, so keeping your chalk bag full has never been easier or lower impact. So check it out. That's chalkcartel.com. Use code NUGGET at checkout for 20% off your next purchase and get ready to join the cartel. That's chalkcartel.com. Use code NUGGET at checkout for 20% off your next purchase. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Nugget Climbing Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Dimmitt. I say that every time. You guys know exactly who I am. If you've been listening, my guest today is much more important than I am. 
Magnus Mitbo is my guest. Magnus is a professional climber from Norway turned professional YouTuber. This guy has been climbing incredibly hard for decades. He's climbed 515B and onsided 14C. That's 9B and 8C+, if you're listening to this from the other side of the world. He was also an incredibly successful competition climber. And after 17 years of competing, he got burnt out on competitions and became a YouTuber, making videos and putting them on YouTube. And after just five years of doing that, Magnus's YouTube channel recently hit 1 million subscribers, which is absolutely amazing. So I was really excited to talk to this guy. I've been following him for a really long time since before his YouTube days. And of course, I was fascinated to get a glimpse behind the scenes. And I wanted to know what it's like to be a YouTuber. And it was really interesting. It's not the glamorous life that you would expect. It takes a ton of hard work. And it was super fascinating to hear about. Magnus is also very introverted and very insightful and thoughtful. And I thought he had a lot of great observations sprinkled in throughout this conversation about what sets some of the top rock climbers apart from the rest of us. We talked about takeaways from training with Adam Andra, for instance, and I thought he had some really interesting insights from that. So lots of great stuff in this interview, ranging from YouTube to high-level rock climbing and training. And without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy. Here is Magnus Mippo. Where are you in the world right now? Where am I talking to you from? I'm in Oslo, Norway. So this is my home. Okay. You're back home. Yeah. I'm um, back home. Yeah. When we were talking about doing this, I'm just going to roll right into it if you're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Whatever. Um, yeah. When we were talking about doing this, you you were like, oh, I'm actually coming to California. Any chance you'll be in California? Can you tell me about your recent yeah. trip and what you've been up to? Well, uh, I don't know. When is this podcast coming out? Is it going to be out? Probably soon? a month. Because then the videos, okay, in a month. Like so early June. Some of the videos will be on my channel then. Okay. But uh, so I, I did a lot of things. Like I haven't been traveling for two years. So uh, I was just eager to to start traveling again. Um, and I've been doing, I did one collab with, uh, with the Marines, like the U.S. Marines down in uh, San Diego, close to San Diego. And I did a few videos with Anton, the Russian Ninja Warrior guy, uh, and with Key Climber. I did one collab with Alex Hanhold. <laughs> uh, so it's just just doing a bunch of videos, you know? So now I just, I'm just in editing mode, lockdown, okay. just editing all those videos. So I have eight, eight videos in total. Okay, okay. Hmm. Man, yeah, there's so much there I want to dig into. I'd, I'd love to just kind of get a glimpse behind the scenes in this conversation because it's been so yeah. fun to um, to follow your channel and to see it grow. I've watched many of your videos and uh, I followed you before you started becoming a YouTuber and um, just followed you as a rock climber. And I remember, you know, reading your blog when you were projecting Neanderthal and, and things like that back oh, in yeah. the day. So it's been fun to see it grow. And maybe that's a good place to start. I mean, I, I actually love to hear more about your early climbing later in the conversation, but how did this YouTube thing get started for you? 
Well, in 2017, I I was kind of tired of doing the same thing. Like I'd been competing from year 2000. Um, so yeah, 17 years almost. And I was just really tired of competing and everything. And I wanted to do something else. Uh, and I have no like formal education or anything to fall back on. So I knew that I had to to do something something else. So 2017 was the year I started the climbing gym that I do all my videos in, in Oslo. And uh, I started YouTube. I moved to a house that I wanted to renovate. and But at the same time, I also wanted to train for the Olympics. So that was kind of the plan. But okay. then it was just too much at the same time. And I had to choose something that I like doing. And I chose YouTube, even though it was very sketchy because I didn't like in the beginning, I didn't have any subscribers or views or anything. So it was kind of a gamble, but like I still had some sponsors and that allowed me to kind of pursue that passion or to see if it would work because I still had some income from from my sponsors and stuff. So I don't know, I just uh, started uploading videos and I don't know, that, I, I really enjoyed that. So that's I think that's what started it. But um but yeah, I, I don't know. I was a professional climber for, for many, many years. And, mm -hmm. But I, I should have retired sooner, I think. I should have retired in 2015 because the last two years I was just doing, it felt more like my job and it shouldn't feel like that. So, yeah. But uh, but I had, I mean, I had like 100,000 uh, followers on Instagram and I thought YouTube would be easy because I would just get those who follow me on Instagram to follow me on YouTube. But it doesn't work like that, you know. The longer <laughs> format on YouTube is is very different from the the short format on Instagram. Mm. Um, so it was definitely not as easy as I thought it'd be. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'd love to hear who do you think your audience is because, and, and this is something I I, I like really re relate to you in a lot of ways. I mean, I I like mm. you know hope to have any like percentage of your success in in the future. You're just absolutely killing it which is so cool but you know the longer form kind of gravitating towards like longer raw kind of authentic just storytelling just showing people behind the scenes you know like letting people listen to a two-hour yep. conversation feels similar to what you've kind of moved into with with the podcast but you have a million subscribers and that's really inspirational for me as someone in this little niche of climbing and talking about climbing like it's hard for me to believe that there's enough people that want to hear this for me to make a living off of it but then seeing what you do, I'm like, oh, okay. That's just like this limitation I've created in my head. But I'm curious, yeah. like, who do you think your audience is? Are these people that go out rock climbing or are these people that basically just want to watch like your version of reality <laughs> TV that you've created? Yeah, I used to say 50-50, 50% climbers and 50% non-climbers. But I guess now it's more like 60-40 or even 70-30 or something. Okay. Uh, like 30% climbers or 40% climbers. So, but I started with, I think in the beginning, it was like 100% climbers and then gradually more non-climbers. But also I, th I think people who were non-climbers, but then started climbing or tried climbing and now climb a little bit. Um but I definitely think also out of those who follow me who are climbers, I think that the, like probably the average is like around climbs around like V2, maybe v, V1, V2, V3, somewhere around there. But also as I'm growing now, I try to kind of reach uh, broader, like try to do 
not only climbing videos, but I also make other types of videos. Uh, and that's, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that's the way to go. Like you start with a niche and then you try to, as you grow, you try to reach like a, a broader audience. But I will always do, like climbing is obviously my passion and that's what I've been doing for, for a lo long time. And that's also the thing that I'm the best at. So I'm definitely going to stick to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear from your perspective just about how this thing has evolved because watching it early on, it was you going out climbing with your friends, you climbing in the gym with your friends. I think one of your early videos is actually how I first uh, got introduced to Emil. I've had yeah. him on the show. And if I now follow his channel, um, that's that's really fun. But it's you know it's really evolved to all these collaborations that you do. I actually was just catching up on some of your episodes this morning. Um, I watched two challenge videos. I watched the. <laughs> I wonder if I should even try to describe it on a podcast. But it's the one where you are you're holding on to a campus rung like it's in right, your right. hands. It's not screwed onto the wall, and you have one end against the campus board and you're trying to like hang there in space, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, just just like watching you try this funny thing that people have sent you on Instagram and you just like eating shit, falling on your back yeah. over and over and trying to figure out how to do it. Um, and then you like doing this Norwegian military test that just looks like absolutely heinous. Um, but for whatever reason is like so engaging to watch. I'm like watching you guys on the treadmill just like glued to the screen. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, tell me how it's I think evolved. That's, yeah. 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 I think it's a lot about the editing, to be honest. That's what people don't get. I spend like probably three, four times as much time editing uh, compared to like most people. Like an average video takes me 30 or 40 hours to edit. Wow. Uh, I could have done it. I could have done it in like five or 10 hours easily, but I, I by spending a lot extra, a lot of extra time, I think... I think that's what makes the biggest difference, you know? Um, like the video I'm editing today, I've already spent like 35, 40 hours. And it's like, it's 95% there. But I always, when I go through it now from the beginning, I always find new mistakes and new things that I want to change. And then at some point, I just have to like give it away. Like, uh, yeah, I, I will always find things that I can improve on. And I, I think I'm a kind of a perfectionist in that way. Um, like yeah i used to be that way with climbing and now i'm like that with videos mm. um it's not like of course there's a lot of things that can improve but i think i'm never like truly happy with the video um i know a lot of people who are really proud of what they're producing and stuff but i always when i go but when i go look at my video it can also be like a recent video i'm just like oh i should have done that better or i could have changed that or we should have filmed that from a different angle or something so i think that's what um, kind of makes my my videos special, maybe mm. that I spend a lot of time uh, perfecting them. Yeah, yeah. No, I I mean that's something that um really fascinates me about you because I have like my own version of that, and it's interesting. I also mm. kind of identify as a perfectionist and spend. I mean, it's so much easier with audio, but I sp I still will you know I'll record like a two hour conversation and spend like six hours editing that to just try to make it a little bit better, you know, just tighten it up and, yeah. and, um, deliver it to the listener the best way I can. And, you know, I, I get the same thing that you probably get where, um, you know, it's, it's almost like 50, 50, like half the people that listen and, and love the show are like, 
wow, I can tell you put a ton of work into this. Thank you for what you do. It like really shows in your work. And then the other half are like, mm. oh, you talk to people and put it on the internet. Like that sounds really easy. But, you know, yeah. like they don't do the thought experiment of like, well, I do this every week. So every week I have to like find a guest, reach out to them, mm. connect with them, get to know them, schedule them, get them on the podcast, yeah. edit that, et cetera. Like there's a lot of steps and I'm, I'm the only one yeah, yeah. doing that. So when I do that thought experiment with you, I'm just like, how the fuck do you do all this, man? Like, it seems like yeah. it must be so much work. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, you, yeah, behind success, no matter what you're successful at, there's so much work, you know? Mm. You, you have to work harder than other people. And uh, for me, like, I don't have, I have one guy filming for me occasionally. I sometimes film myself too, but I edit like 99% of my videos. No one sees the video until it's uploaded to YouTube. Wow. Not even my girlfriend. So it's like, <laughs> it's wow. it's definitely a one-man show, you know? Um, but I like it that way. You know, I could have probably produced a lot more if I if I had like a team or whatever, but I think it's much more personal this way. And I think that's also part of the the success of the of the channel is to to be a little bit more personal. You know, there there are a lot of climbing channels out there who have like a big budget and a big team and it's uh, yeah, it's nice too, but I think I'm going to try to keep it more personal. Mm. Yeah, you you do a really good job with that. And um that actually makes me think of a question that I wanted to ask you, which is like for people that haven't seen your show, I'll give you I'll give them a little more context right here, which is, you know, most of your episodes are 20 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. Um it'll usually feature something unique and specific like that Instagram challenge that you tried. And then a lot of time it's just the rest of the video is just like you doing your climbing session in the gym. You know, it's like you re trying yeah. to send some boulder projects that you have, you doing like the slab of the week, um, maybe mm -hmm. some training content at the end of it. And it's fast. Like, I, I want to ask you, like, why do you think that is so interesting? Because it's very interesting. Like, I love watching it and yeah. I get glued to these <laughs> episodes and I, I don't totally understand why. It's like I'm watching this guy who I've never met climb in the yeah. gym <laughs> and you're an amazing climber. So I'm like learning a lot from you just by watching you climb. But, um, but you know, you're just like circuiting V8s or whatever. Um, wh why do you think this format is so engaging and so interesting to a million people? I honestly think it's the pacing of the videos and I think it's the music. Also, of course, the climbing a little bit and everything, but the it's a lot of the, the editing is so important you know if i've tried to give my material like i film and give it to someone else and the video is like it's, it's so boring to watch because they they don't trim it down they don't cut away all the dead meat mm. it's like the essence of the video you there's not a second in the video not even a split second not even one frame that shouldn't be there you know so it's so it's so fast paced that you always you're kind of glued to it, you know? Um, I, I think that's what it is. I mean, there's nothing else that I could think of, you know? It's not like, I mean, I'm, I'm a good climber, but I'm not the best climber, so it would make more sense to watch someone else. So I, I don't really know. Um, I also think that it's very honest, the video, and, and personal. Like I said, it's, uh, I think that's also diff uh, yeah, something that makes me a little bit different. Yeah, that resonates with me a lot, actually. It, I, it feels like watching a friend, kind of. That's what people say. And when mm. people come up to me on the street, they often start a conversation and they they kind of seem surprised that I don't know them. 
<laughs> because they've been watching, you know, hours of me, and yeah. I kind of I get it, you know. I I think it's 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 nice. Uh, I take that as a compliment that they feel like they know me. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah that's that's really. I think that's cool. the thing with YouTube. Mm-hmm. That that's what makes YouTube creators different from like movie stars or other celebrities, you know? When you see a YouTuber on the street, you feel like you know the person. Mm. When you see like a movie star, they're kind of, you don't want to approach them because they feel like, I don't know, bigger than life or like they're celebrities, you know? I don't I don't consider myself a celebrity. I'm just uh, making videos on YouTube. Right. I mean, that's, you're so right. That's happening right now. Like I've, we've never met mm. before. We've never talked before, but I feel really comfortable because I feel like I know you really well from watching all your stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and usually I try to reach out to guests beforehand and, and talk with them and get to know them, but I didn't feel like I had to do that this time. I mean, for one, you're a very busy yeah. guy, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's really cool. And something I just learned about you this morning, actually, I was watching a video that Climbers Crag put out, kind of like, a, mm-hmm. you know, the un, I think it was called The Unfiltered Story, how you started creating your, your YouTube channel. Uh, but you talked about being an introvert, and I thought that was really interesting because that resonates with me as well. Like I spend, mm. I, I literally spend my time talking to people and sharing that, and yet that's like, really the bulk of my social interaction and most of my time is spent living alone in a van. So um, that's kind of fascinating to me. Like, what do you think it is about sharing yourself through this medium that resonates with you or that you feel drawn to? Like, what is is going on there as an introvert who's, you know, in front of the camera all the time? That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I think it's, uh, but I've always been this way, you know, pretty introverted um, and uh, like most of the people I know on YouTube are the same way. So I definitely think there's something, but I don't really know what it is. Uh, I just know that I feel like I socialize whenever I upload a video and I see the comments and stuff. Uh, I don't really know if it's a, a good thing, but I definitely feel like I know the people that watches my videos and the, like the regular comments and stuff. Mm. So um, I don't really know what it is, but um, yeah, it sounds like you're you're kind of the same way. I would also love to live in a van and just be independent and not have to rely on anyone. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think many people are like that. You know, some people socialize through like gaming and stuff too. Mm. Uh, I feel like it's a little bit similar kind of. Um, the only difference here is that it's like a one-way uh, communication, you know, you're talking to them and they don't talk to you or you don't see their face, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the biggest difference. Do you meet people through doing this that have become real friends, like people that have gotten to know you and connect with what you're making and then um, you, you've met yeah. them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of friends who do the same now and I think in, I've said this before, but in many ways I have more in common with someone who does YouTube or maybe even podcast uh, than someone who climbs because most of my time is spent on YouTube. And even though I climb, I, I just spend a, f- a fraction of the time that I spend doing all the YouTube stuff. So um, I definitely have, but I don't, I don't socialize that much, to be honest. I'm mostly either training or kind of hiking or doing something with my girlfriend or um, doing YouTube stuff. So uh, I don't really have that much 
time at the moment for that. Um, but hopefully I will have more time for that in the, in the future. I definitely see this YouTube thing as something that I have right now and it might not be here forever. And I should definitely like take advantage of it while I still, still can. And, uh, in a few years is probably the channel is probably going to die out. That's inevitable. I think all channels die out at some point and then I can kind of go back to do like, I can do what I used to do, like travel around, climb and have more time with like friends and family. Uh, but now I just want to make the most out of YouTube. Yeah, that's really interesting. Is that because it's difficult to maintain novelty and people just, you know, they, they see the same thing long enough and they lose interest? Or is that because it doesn't feel mm. sustainable for you over the long term? Why is it that you say it's... It's, it's probably more about me. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like the creative side of it, you know, always having like a new title and thumbnail in mind. Like you mentioned, you know, usually there's something happening in the video and then the rest is like climbing, but you need some like hook, you need a thumbnail or a title. Uh, and like to constantly think of new things and new ideas is, uh, it's, it's pretty hard. Um, so I don't really know. I, I think you, you always have to evolve. You have to, uh, like and and it's hard to evolve constantly, you know, because you only have a week on each video, uh, so it's not like you can. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I don't get any better because I I always have to put out videos, you know. I can't perfect a video, mm. um, but um, yeah, I I don't know, and and also like probably in the future, like up until now, it's been probably it's been mostly climbing videos. I don't know if that's going to be the case in the future. Uh, it might be more like just different videos. You know, I, I just want to, I want to, I definitely want to make other types of videos as well. And I've been doing that more and more, um, as my audience has grown. Can you give some examples of that? What are some other things that interest you? Uh, like the military stuff that I did, uh, those have been some of the most popular videos on my channel. And also collaborations with other people that are not climbers, like uh, bodybuilders. And I don't know, sometimes I feel like the the stranger the idea, the more views it will get, you know? <laughs> it's something that you never thought would work. You just feel like this is a total like mismatch. Yeah, My audience is not going to like this, but then, I don't know. So I think not being afraid of trying new things is also uh, important. <laughs> and and for me too like I've climbed for 20 years you know professionally for 15 years and competed and even though I was never like the world's best I I will never be any better than I was so for me it's not mm. I'm like a type of person who is not motivated to just keep going at a like a kind of a lower grade you know I I want to do something different or I want to do what I've already done better so mm. I'm kind of I ju I'm just hungry to do something else. And now this YouTube thing kind of, it, it is more similar than you would think to like competition climbing or just, it's it's very competitive the, with the views and, and everything going on behind the scenes. So, Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I feel that a little bit with the podcast too. Like there's there's some elements of it that have the same appeal as like climbing up through the grades of, you know, sport mm -hmm. climbing or something where you're, you're like yeah. getting more viewers, you're getting more listens, you're getting more downloads, you're getting a bigger, you know, following, you're getting more yeah. reviews. It's, 
Um, yeah, that there's some part of me that really feeds on that as well, I think. Um, yeah, it but used it's, to be the same with 8a.nu for me. Okay. You know, logging roots on 8a.nu. I remember yeah. all my friends thought it was silly to to uh, log roots. Like climbing wasn't, climbing outside at least, wasn't supposed to be like a competition. But that would be, for me, that would be the the most fun thing about outdoor climbing would be to get back in the evening and to log my, my roots <laughs> yeah. and to see it on my scorecard. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, it, it feels pretty, this feels pretty similar in, in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, we should clarify. I mean, you're, you're a very humble guy, but you, you, I mean, you still are one of the best rock climbers in the world. I know that you'll probably shake your head at that, but I mean, you climbed 15 B like, quite a few years ago when when like very very few people had i don't know how many but i mean probably count yeah, them on at our the time, hands i think it was uh five or six yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so you were you certainly were and still are one of the best um but what you're really known for for people that haven't seen your show or or, or know much about you is that you're just like insanely strong you've always just been like a like you've you've always been able to do these like incredible human feats of strength in the training realm, you know, whether that's one-arm pull-ups or I've seen you do like a, a one-arm, um, I'm blanking on the name of that. What is that called? Muscle Front, up. A muscle-up. Muscle a one-arm one muscle-up, yeah. which is just totally yeah. mind-blowing. But with all these military things, like you're able mm -hmm. to keep up with, you know, all these collaborations with like bodybuilders, with gymnasts, with military guys, with so many different things. And that's, yeah. I'm sure that gets you a lot of views. There's like a masochism there that, you know, people are like mm -hmm. fascinated yeah. by watching you suffer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you ever, are you, are you ever, do you ever come up with an idea that you know is going to get a lot of views and you're like, fuck, like, am I really going to do this? Like, do you dread it? Like, do you enjoy yeah. it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, seems... all the time. I mean, the latest <laughs> one I had uh, sort of the same, like I, um, as I mentioned, I did a collaboration with Alex Arnold. It's not out on the channel yet. Uh, I don't know if it will be by the time this podcast is out, but we were just going to do like a like a boulder session, uh, like a normal boulder session in the bouldering room uh, in Las Vegas. I was going to his place. But then the night before, like as we were driving to Vegas, he called me and asked me if I wanted to go uh, free soloing instead. Oh boy. And I was like really hesitant at first. and But he like assured me that it was really easy and I would have no trouble with it. But that's uh, definitely one of the scariest things I've done for the channel, you know. Uh, I feel like the physical stuff is like, yeah, you get tired, you get exhausted, but I don't know, that's kind of, a, for me at least, it's kind of a rush to get really tired and exhausted. But uh, to risk your life is uh, a little bit different. So I was very hesitant and I didn't, I did not say yes to it. We went to the cliff the next day and because I, I told him I had I had to look at it, you know, uh, it would be a lot easier to say yes if we climbed it with a rope first. Um, but we had we didn't have time to do that. So we just like started and uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, that's definitely something that was that was really scary. Yeah, <laughs> damn literally putting your life on the line to, to get some yeah, views. Exactly. I, and I don't know how it will be received either. Uh, cause it's, it's pretty stupid to do stuff for, for a video. And also I know that a lot of people are against free soloing and I might get like calls from parents and stuff, angry parents. Um, 
but we'll see. Uh, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I, as long as I tell people that uh, don't try this, I think it's it's fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to do a collaboration with Alex Honnold, like you're, you're kind of exactly. asking for it. That's what I told myself too. <laughs> yeah. That's how I justified it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I'm going to sprinkle in some questions that I got from listeners for you uh, throughout this conversation. Mm. This one is from Cody. What are some of your favorite collaborations that you've done, both with climbers and non-climbers? Which ones really stand out? Just the most fun. The most fun. I did like the, the Eric Carlson ones in the beginning. It was really nice just because I had never met any other YouTubers. I was just doing it by myself for like half a year or nine months or something. And then meeting him and being able to talk about like YouTube and stuff was really nice. That was, I think that was the first collaboration I ever did. So that is definitely a nice one. And, um, and the one with Tom and Juji while they were still together, um, that was like, that was the thing that really kickstarted everything. And if it wasn't for that, I would probably not be uh, talking to you right now because I don't think I would have continued YouTube. Can so, you tell me more about that one? What was it that you guys did? Yeah, no, so I, uh, yeah, I, I'd done YouTube for a little over a year and I was at like 40,000 subscribers. I could, I didn't make any money off of YouTube. Um, and I was kind of, I had periods where I didn't upload in a month or two because I was kind of tired of it. And then all of a sudden I got a message from Tom Boyden, who is the guy filming for, or used to be the guy filming for Juji. And he asked me if I wanted to do a collaboration with them. Um, because Alex Magos and Alex Arnold had said no, uh, but they're not on YouTube. So I get why they would say no, but I looked at their channel and I immediately said yes. Cause they had done like a grip challenge video that went viral and they wanted some like pro climber to try that grip strength video. So they paid for the flights over to the U S and uh, I had no idea if it was going to be successful or not. Uh, but within like three days, we filmed 11 videos. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and Tom was doing all the editing and filming and everything. And I don't know, it was just meeting them and seeing like how professional YouTubers did it, I think really helped me. And uh, after that, like within a week, I went from 40,000 subscribers to like 110,000 wow. subscribers. Wow. And that just, that was like the turning point. From then I could, I, I didn't make a lot of money or, or anything, but I could make enough to like justify the time I spent on YouTube. Mm. I went like from zero to actually making something. Uh, and that's when I decided to just go, like go for it. Um, and from then it, I did a lot of, uh, I did more collaborations with them and that, yeah, helped me to, to keep growing. And I think, yeah, that following two years, well, I grew really fast because of Tom and Juji, but now they've split up and uh, they don't make videos anymore. But um, that's definitely something that really helped me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've I've seen many of those. I know I follow Juji. I think he's just such a riot, just so entertaining. Um, yeah. I follow him on Instagram, but can you describe Juji for people that haven't seen these? Yeah, he's um, he's acrobat, a bodybuilder, and a powerlifter, uh, and he's also 
he's he's kind of funny. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He's uh, a little bit goofy, has long hair, uh, really big muscles, and it's kind of I don't know. It's it's strange that people like that collaboration. You know, it's we're kind of complete opposites, him and me. Uh, he's very I know outgoing and energetic. I'm kind of more an introverted, very skinny compared to him. Very just very different. I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, he's uh, he's a really nice guy. And Tom as well is a really nice guy. So it's it's a shame that they split up. And and also through them, I've met a lot of people. Like Devin Larratt, who's an arm wrestler. Um, the video I've made with him is still the most popular video on my channel, I think. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. So it definitely opened many doors for me. And that's just, it's just so random, you know? Yeah, yeah. Really random. To paint a little bit more of a picture of Juji for people that haven't seen this guy, he's like, I don't know, he's probably 220 pounds, bodybuilder, just jacked. And I think the first video I ever saw of him was just like an Instagram reel or something. And he's like yeah. on two chairs with his feet holding like, I don't know, a hundred, like 200 pounds over his head barbell. with his arms. Yeah, barbell with his arms locked out just straight overhead and just like slowly does the splits between the two chairs. <laughs> it's just so yeah. freaking badass, but it just, he just seems like a total character. Um, what are some things that you learned from them? If anything, if any specifics come to mind, like what were some of those light bulb moments oh, that yeah. you observed from working with them? Well, well, the biggest thing was just that in every video, they would shout out my channel. You know, they would say, go to Magnus, subscribe to him. That would be the biggest thing. So I would get a lot of new subscribers. But Tom also helped me not have as much shame, you know, uh, kind of be a little bit more aggressive with my thumbnails and titles. Uh, before that, I used to spend a lot of time on my videos, but not no time on my thumbnails and titles. It would just be like climbing a 7B or something would be my, my title. And he was just, you're stupid. Like he was, he was very straightforward. <laughs> you're so stupid. Why, why are you doing that? You know, you should do it the other way around. You should spend more time on the thumbnail and titles. Uh, so basically like shameless self-promotion is what he Yeah, was. exactly. Okay. Call, calling yourself a pro climber, stuff like that. Mm. Uh, naming yourself in third person. Um, just, I don't know. You, you have to think like, like someone who's never watched your channel and never seen your face should want to click on a video. Mm. That should always be the goal. So no matter who, it shouldn't like it shouldn't have to be a climber even. No matter who comes to your channel, they they would they should want to click your video. Um, so yeah, that's I think that's the biggest thing I learned from them. And also just I don't know, just worth uh, work ethics, kind of how much they were able to produce always made me feel kind of lazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah I, I think that was that was the biggest thing. Mm. Yeah. And also, yeah, just not caring too much about what other people think, you know? Because mm. um, I got a lot of criticism in the beginning from other climbers, you know, calling me a sellout and everything. So I was very conscious of what I put out. And uh, I think they helped me to not care so much about that stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, that that is an interesting thing about climbing like I don't know why we do that as a group but we do we do seem to want to 
like judge people that don't have this like purity in their love for yeah. rock climbing, you know, like, and it's going away because there's so many more people now that, you know, they grow up dreaming of being on the Olympic team someday and they just want to spend all their time training in a gym or whatever. Like there's so mm. many ways to enjoy this sport. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, that sucks that you got that, yeah. uh, that, that negative feedback at first. No, but I, I mean, I think <laughs> maybe it made me even stronger. Like I, mm. I think it was, it was probably good for me, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. With all these challenges that you've done, all these people that you've collaborated with, just as far as like physical abilities, achievements, mm. who have you been the most impressed by? Physical, um, maybe actually, maybe Anton, the Russian Ninja Warrior guy. He's one of the people who really impressed me. Uh, he's so so like all rounded. Um, he's so good in so many different things. He's like super strong uh, and flexible, and just he's like a multi talent. Um, so I think. It's a good question, actually. I've never been asked that, but I think Anton is the is the most impressive uh, person I've met when it comes to like the like physically. Um, what are some of the things that he had you try in your collaborations that just like felt impossible to it's you? Even or? like even when we do like he's not a climber, and even when we do grip strength things, like he's a little bit heavier than me, but not much. But like grip strength things, he he's able to do it almost as well as I am. And also with like one arm pull-ups and stuff, even though that's not what he does. Mm. Um, so I definitely think he's really impressive. Um, yeah, apart from that, of course, like Adam Onjob when it comes to climbing is really impressive. I met him before doing YouTube, like I've, I've competed with him for many years, but uh, he's definitely impressive. And also his mentality and just the way he's able to push himself is uh, is impressive. I'm glad you brought him up because I I was kind of burning to ask you about him later in this conversation. You guys did like a whole series together and spent some time filming and, and made a bunch of videos for your channel and for his. And he's like, same as you, like he's like my number one as far as rock climbing goes. Like he is the guy mm. I'm so impressed with. Just the amount of dedication he puts into every aspect of climbing like everything you could possibly work on as a human to get better at climbing you know his visualization yeah. his bat like ballet like stretching breathing like whatever he's just willing to to take everything um and push it as far as he can what are some things that you learned from spending all that time with adam well this was actually just four days for the collaboration uh but i have spent more time with him in the past um, I've traveled, we've traveled together to like Asia for World Cups and stuff. So I knew him pretty well uh, already. But uh, I mean, it's, it's again, it's, it's the, when you're around Adam, he makes you feel lazy. He makes you feel like you could have done so much more and mm. you should try so much harder. And I don't know, I, I think that's really good for everyone. You know, some people get stressed, me included. Uh, being around people like that because we don't like feeling lazy, you know. But uh, I think it's good once in a while to uh, to have this like wake up. So I definitely think that's the biggest thing. Um, so he makes me feel lazy when it comes to climbing and 
Tom and Juji used to make me feel lazy when it came to like YouTube and editing and stuff. Mm. And surrounding yourself with people like that, I think is good. Yeah. No matter what you're doing in life. Yeah. Well, it's, it is interesting though, because I mean, I guess Juji does, you know, he spends a lot of time working on himself, just physically doing all his lifting and things. But, you know, Adam, that's what he does. Juji, the YouTubing is more what he does. And you're kind of trying to do both. Like you're trying to maintain a really high mm. level of rock climbing and make these really high quality videos. And you you put one out every week. Is that right? I'm trying to, but yeah. not, not always. Yeah. Right. But I mean, you put out an incredible amount of content, like hearing that you spend mm. 30 to 40 hours editing a video. Like, mm. I mean, <laughs> it, it probably doing a whole podcast episode, like, uh, Prepping for it, recording it, editing it, polishing it, putting it on the internet, making the show notes. It's probably like a 20-hour process for me. Um, yeah. So, and I'm, like, I, I think, I have to think about balance a lot. I'm trying to improve as a rock climber as well on the side. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd love to hear how you think about balance because... You, like you are someone that makes me feel lazy, you know, I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> at some point, like we can only do so much. So how do you think yeah. about balance and pushing yourself versus making sure that you, what you're doing is sustainable so you don't totally burn out? Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any balance. I'm terrible at balance. <laughs> uh, if, <laughs> yeah, but Next when I question. focus on something, I'm just like focused on that. Uh, yeah. That's, that, that has always been my problem in life, you know? As soon as I found climbing, I stopped doing school because I was so focused on one thing. Hmm. And it feels the same way now. Like as soon as I discovered YouTube, I stopped climbing. I still climb, I still record videos, but people are always surprised when they hear how little I train. Um, so most of my physique is from the 20 years or whatever I've spent uh, climbing. And now I'm maintaining that with like training two times a week, maybe on average. Uh, and also, I don't know, recording the videos is actually pretty physically demanding sometimes. So I never count that as a session, but it definitely is a session. Um, and I push myself actually, I think it's good. So I've said this too, but, uh, I think it's like when I fail myself, I always try a little bit harder, uh, cause I feel like I'm being observed. So, um, so I, I should probably count the, um, like the, the, the filming sessions as well. Yeah, I mean, I often get tired just from watching you in those filming sessions. Yeah. So they're, they're not nothing. Yeah. Um, no, definitely not. But yeah, no problem. The problem has always been balanced, but I think it's also good because I'm so focused uh, when I find something that I want to go after. So mm -hmm. uh, that used to be climbing. Uh, and when I climbed professionally, I would only have climbing friends. I would never do anything outside climbing, um, I would like travel, you spend every holiday traveling. I would not, not go to fr like funerals and weddings and I don't know, just, um, yeah. Just climbing, climbing, climbing. Just, just climbing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now it's the same way, way with YouTube, you know, mm. uh, um, you might have I really enjoy it, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's awesome. I think we, um, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> as a society, we've kind of decided that like a balanced life is this thing to be striving for, but it's really arbitrary. Like no one really knows exactly mm -hmm. what that is. And I think it's really different for everybody. Um, 
Yeah, people always told me that I sacrifice so much, uh, but it doesn't feel like I'm sacrificing anything, to be honest. Mm. You know, I feel like I sacrifice time when I do something that is not YouTube related or used to be climbing related. That's when I feel like I sacrifice something. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think if you're really obsessed with something, it feels that way. And if you want to be, if you want to become really good at something, it has to feel that way. Mm-hmm. I know a few people who have balance, who are able to do that and perform on a really high level. And I always, I was always kind of jealous at, at them, um, but I'm not like that. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, I would guess that those people, if you're talking about high level performers are probably the exception because mm-hmm. like by definition, if you're standing out in a sport, you're not the norm. Like you can't, you know, the, like Adam Andre is not normal. That's why he's Adam Andre, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, no, he does. He he definitely has the same kind of mindset. I think he's very also focused, uh, but he's he's not like he's still able to like he he speaks like five languages. He has, I think, he has some education. I don't know. Yeah, like yeah. a bachelor or something. Uh, so he has some, I, I, I don't know how he does it, you know, with everything he's doing, that he's able to learn five languages and have a bachelor. But um, but that's definitely something I could have never have done that. Hmm. Um, and I think for me also, especially while climbing professionally, I, I wanted to feel like I didn't have any plan B. I wanted climbing to be my only way so that I didn't set myself up for failure. I think if I had something to fall back on, um, I would not train as hard. Mm, That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like keeping a foot out the door. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even though for for some people that might help them to perform, you know, Mm -hmm. they feel more relaxed and they're able to perform better. Mm, That takes the pressure off. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. We will be right back after a quick message from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Petzl. I have been using Petzl harnesses, quick draws, and belay devices for more than a decade. I love this company and their products. And today I wanna talk about helmets. One of the things we love about climbing is the unknown. Is that hold a jug or a sloper? Am I too pumped? Am I good enough to climb this route that I'm trying? We live for the unexpected, but no one expects to hit their head while climbing. Impacts to the front, the side, and rear of the head happen when you least expect it. A foot slips, your rope snags on a rock, and suddenly you flip upside down, and you find yourself somewhere you don't want to be. That's why Petzl goes above and beyond UIAA and CE helmet standards to give you an extra level of protection on the top and side of their helmets. Top and side protection comes standard in their entire helmet lineup. So whether you're in the mountains or at the crag, you can experience the difference with Petzl. You can learn more and shop for helmets at your local climbing shop or go to Petzl.com. That's P-E-T-Z-L.com. Again, shop for Petzl helmets at your local climbing shop or online at Petzl.com. Experience the difference with Petzl. And now back to the show. Um, well, I think it'd be really interesting to dig into more of the behind the scenes of like what your lifestyle actually looks like. We've we've been talking about this mm-hmm. throughout this conversation, but can you take me through like a typical week 
you know, you have two climbing sessions a week where you are just kind of trying to maintain your level, but you also are filming on top of that. Take me through like a week in the life of Magnus. What does that look like? <laughs> well, there's no like uh, ordinary week. Uh, this week I have, now I have so much uh, footage that I can just edit the whole time. So now I'm just, I'm editing from when I get up to when I go to bed, I take some breaks during the day. And then at like 9, 10 p.m. at uh, at night, I'm like, I don't know, I'm kind of, I want to do something. So then I, sometimes I just go for a walk, a hike, uh, or I go climbing at the gym. Um, I usually go climbing at the gym alone when it's closed. So after, uh, so like, yeah, 10, 10.30 on weekdays, it closes at 10.30. Uh, but usually in the, during the weekends because then it closes earlier. Uh, but I just like to be alone when I'm training mm. for some reason. And but yeah, during the day I'm I'm just editing the whole day. Um, that's and and I mean I have some like I have meetings and stuff that I have to go and just of course a lot of emails and sponsors and uh, yeah different stuff. Uh, because I'm also part owner of a few gyms and I have uh, my clothing brand and the book and everything. So yeah, usually I start the day by just answering emails, uh, spend like an hour or two doing that. And then I start editing. Uh, yeah. And then as soon as I run out of material, I'm just start planning the next trip uh, <laughs> okay. to go and collect, collect more. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, yeah. It's um, it's not it's not it's very it's not very exciting. People think I live a very exciting life, but yeah. <laughs> they're very wrong. Yeah. yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, I, I mean, I like it. Um, the most satisfaction I ever get is when I'm about to upload a video because I've worked so long on it, and I'm just excited to to be finished, you know, and just release it and never have to touch it again. Mm. Um, like I've tried to explain it to my girlfriend and I feel like I never studied a day in my life, but I feel like it's kind of like delivering your masters. That's mm. what it feels like. Every week you deliver a master. <laughs> um, wow. So, <clears throat> yeah. I'm laughing because I'm, so, I'm just like, what, yeah, when I upload the video, I'm so done with it because I've watched through it probably like, 40 times and everything from like the rough cut up until like the detailed editing and color grading and sound design and everything. So I'm just, I'm so glad when it's uploaded and I press the publish. Uh, yeah, that's the most happy I, I am. That's so wild, man. I mean, it's, I was just laughing a second ago because I've literally described what I do uh, as as feeling like every week is finals week and I have like a big paper to yeah. turn in at the end of the week. And God, like once again, if I like do the thought experiment of all the steps that it takes to put out a video versus a podcast, mm. it just like blows my mind what you what you do. Um, yeah. Yeah. And people who don't do it at all, they think it's very little work. Right, right. Uh, if I talk to people who, who are not into like creating anything for social media or anything like they they're always surprised by how busy i am when i say i'm busy they're like laughing kind of what are you busy doing you know you 
aren't you a YouTuber? Uh, so <laughs> right. I think a lot, a lot of people don't get it and it sometimes it can be frustrating. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Well, as far as that goes, who are the people that have really validated you? Like, are there YouTubers who have patted you on the shoulder and said like, dude, I see how hard you're working. You're killing it. Good job. You know, people that get it, that have really made you feel validated. Yeah. I mean, uh, almost everyone I talk to, uh, or everyone who does YouTube, yeah. uh, I feel like they validate me. But uh, I feel like a lot of climbers don't get how much time I put into it, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. asking me why I don't fail more outside, you know, mm. stuff like that. Which I, I obviously, I, it's a good question, you know. Uh, I just, I've answered it so many times. Uh, so, um, and that's obviously because... I don't get as many views and filming outside is really hard compared to filming inside. Mm. Um, so I prefer to go outside and climb on my own and just really enjoy that on my own mm. rather than filming it and spending twice as much time uh, making an outdoor video and getting just half of the views. That's so interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because even though even though I enjoy the process and everything, uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's also a job, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, do you do anything to create structure? Like, do you ha do you have like a calendar or a schedule? Do you like try to, you know, wake up at a certain time with an alarm, or is every day just wake up when you wake up, answer some emails, and then just edit all day? Yeah, not really. Um, I've never been good at structure. Okay, uh, it was also the same when I when I trained. Uh, for climbing. I never really had a plan or anything. I just, uh, I just tried really hard. Hmm. And, uh, but I think you'd be surprised uh, by how many climbers, uh, like professional climbers who don't have uh, plans. Like people, hmm. I, I think people think that like professional climbers have a very strict training plan. But at least when I competed, it wasn't like that at all. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, I'd, I'd love to dig into that more. What are the things that you think, what are the commonalities between them? If it's not the structured plan, what are the things that those people are doing that other people aren't doing? It's trying really hard and trying more. It's uh, people, I feel like people overcomplicate things. You know, it's getting stronger is about pulling harder. Uh, it's it's not that difficult. It's uh, it's about pulling harder, but also trying not to get injured. Luckily, I've never had any injuries, uh, so I was I've been lucky in that way. But uh, yeah, no, and that's why climbing outside can also be a good idea because if you work on a project, you wanna you wanna try a little bit harder because you wanna send the project project. Yeah, I want to ask you like what climbing means to you now. You described it earlier in this conversation as your passion, like you're still going to have climbing as part of your YouTube channel because it's your passion. How do you think about yourself as a climber or what does climbing mean to you now, um, you know, compared to this passion that you have of just pursuing YouTube and making these videos for their own sake? Do you still have goals with climbing? Like what, yeah, how does it feel to think about climbing? I don't really have any goals with climbing, okay. to be honest. I'm never going to be better than... I was, and so I don't. I don't think it's very motivating. Um, like, yeah, 
I mean, I could, it would be fun to climb and like an HC boulder, B15, because I've never done that. I've climbed B14, but not B15. And that's something I think I still, I, I can do if I really focused on it. So I think that would be a, a nice goal. But when it comes to like lead climbing, I will never be any better than I was. Um, but no, for me, I, I just, I just feel really good when I climb. Um, and I can do it by myself without any music or anything. I'm just so motivated by the climbing. Mm. Um, I love going, I love, love going outside climbing and I also love going inside climbing. I love climbing without filming it. Um, yeah, um, I mean, climbing for me is kind of like, like a meditation, mm. you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I kind of, I escape, it's my escape from YouTube and, the. Uh, digital life that I'm living now. Going back to a week in the life, how much how much or how often do you go indoor climbing by yourself versus outdoor climbing versus climbing for filming? What does the balance look like for you? Um, right now it's 100% for myself climbing uh, because I have so much footage, so I don't have to film anything. And uh, also when I do, I, I never... I I don't use like Instagram or Snapchat or anything else while climbing either. I leave my phone and I just focus on the climbing. Um, but I don't climb that much outside either. Most, I mean, Norway is kind of cold and uh, the season is kind of limited. But um, yeah, I'm just going to... I always get a dry throat when I talk for a long time. <laughs> no worries. I'm just gonna drink a little bit. Yeah, me too. What do you What do you have? You have two okay. different beverages there. What do you have with you? Tea and uh, carbonated water. Okay. I stopped drinking coffee <clears throat> like half a year ago. Why is that? It was my uh, New Year's res- resolution. I was I wasn't sleeping well at night. So um, I thought it'd be a good idea to at least try to stop drinking coffee. And it actually really helps. So Really? Um, yeah. Damn it. Because I was drinking it like pretty late. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I think that was the problem. Okay. Um, I could probably start doing it again, but I think I would just fall into the, the same bad habit of drinking, like doing it a little bit later and later and later and then not being able, being able to sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, what were we talking about? I was asking you about the balance of everything. I think you answered that. Um, one of my one of the videos that you put out that was more interesting to me of all the things that you've shared was your maintenance session. Like at at one point, I think recently you shared like this is kind of a standard climbing slash training session. Like if I get a couple of these in a week, I can maintain my strength pretty mm-hmm. well. And it was really simple. Um, but could you describe yeah. that? Could you take me through what like a normal just maintenance, just trying to maintain your strength mm-hmm. uh, gym session looks like? Yeah, so I would um, like, it's easier for me if if I come to a gym that has a lot of new boulders because I usually don't have time to make boulders. So I want to climb the ones that I already set. Uh, See so if I've been... If I've been gone for a couple of weeks and I come back to the gym for a month, 
and there are plenty of new bowlers. I will just come in, warm up, um, climb maybe up to like B7, B8, then do some hangboarding, and then try the hardest bowlers. And that's pretty much it, just trying the hardest bowlers. That's what makes me in. And doing uh, dead hangs on the Beastmaker and doing lockoffs. Those are my like to go to exercises, especially the the dead hangs. I feel like that makes me a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. It seems like you just always do one grip, that center edge, and and that's it. Just a few yep. max hangs per hand. Yeah, six seconds, half grip. Okay. Pretty simple. It's that simple. It's very simple. Yeah. You know, it's um, you don't need any like complicated plan or anything to to become good yeah. at climbing. <laughs> uh, people think they do, but some people probably do. Um, if you need, like, I think it just depends. Some people need more of a plan. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you always gravitate towards just like the commercial gym boulders, the ones that are set by root setters versus like spending time on a moon mm-hmm. board or a spray wall or things like that. Um, is that true? Like, why why do you spend time in the normal gym versus spending more time on a board? Is it just more fun? Because I think it's more fun. Okay. Yeah. So I try harder. Okay. Okay. And we have good root setters, and yeah, since I don't, if I if I was climbing like four or five times a week, I would run out of problems, and I would have to use the kilter board or the moon board. But when I only train two times, that's the benefit of training two times a week. Uh, <laughs> I can come to the gym and I have plenty of bullets to try. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> and uh, that's also the thing. Like, uh, like every session, I feel like completely recovered. Um, so it's never like I never feel I never climb like easy problems or anything because I I'm always ready to try hard because I I rest so much. Mm, okay. Yeah. Because that was often the problem when I was training for competitions and stuff, I I felt guilty if I wasn't training. Uh, so I would sometimes train too much. Mm. And I would get a lot of those like 80% sessions where I was just too tired to try 100%. And they can be good once in a while, but I don't think they're going to make you much stronger. Mm. Right. To just try easy problems, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to try hard to to get stronger. I think it'd be a really interesting thought experiment to ask you like what you would do if climbing harder was climbing harder on rock was your goal. You know, like if you wanted to climb 15B again or climb 15C or V15, mm. maybe that's a better example since that sounds like an actual goal for you. What would you do differently if you were just trying to become, you know, the, the strongest version of yourself on rock again? I would definitely climb more. That's the first thing. Um, and uh, I, w- I think I would also, and that's the the sad truth, I guess, that I would have to lose some weight. Um, because when I was stronger, I was also lighter. And uh, like I'm naturally a little bit heavier. Um, so I would always have to be at a low, like unnaturally low weight. And uh that was for me the most difficult part about being a professional climber. The fact that I had to, like right now I'm like 70, 71 kilos. I can pretty easily go down to 68, 69. 
but um, to be in top shape shape for lead climbing, I was like 64 kilos, something around that. So, um, so that was like also the biggest relief when I retired. The fact that I could gain some weight and climb and be just happy you mm. know, with my climbing. And that is also maybe part of the reason why I don't want to go back to that life, you know? Um, because right now, at least, I don't feel like it's worth it for me to be unhappy and climbing hard. Yeah. What about for bouldering? Uh, Do you think I've done, you would... I've done that for so many years, you know? Yeah, totally. What about for bouldering? Do you think you'd be able to climb your hardest at your current body weight without having to worry yeah. about that? Yeah. For, for bouldering, it's definitely, it's, it's different. Um, so that's why I think also the HC goal would be better. Um, yeah, I, I would, I, maybe I would still have to lose some weight, um, but I don't think so. I think you can climb, I, I would be able to climb pretty hard at this, at this weight. And uh, I mean, that's also something I never, I don't talk about in my videos and stuff too much, at least weights, weight and eating and, and stuff. And that's, that's because a lot of climbers are struggling with eating disorders. And it is, I feel like every sport has something negative to it. And for climbing, it's definitely like weight. Mm. And a lot of people struggle with it. And uh, yeah, I, um, yeah, myself included, I also struggled with it growing up. Like I, uh, at, period, at certain times I was like hardly eating at all. <clears throat> Man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm glad you're talking about it right now because I actually, <clears throat> you you had like a kind of a throwaway comment in one of the videos that I watched this morning uh, before we, mm. we jumped on here and you were like, yeah, you, you're, you were just going about your gym session. You're like, yeah, I feel, you know, a little bit weaker on the wall because I'm a few kilos more right now, but I think you just said like, it's worth it to feel happy and to feel healthy. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, I, you just said that in like a sentence, but like that, there's a lot there. Mm -hmm. That's like a really profound statement actually. And I wonder if you could elaborate mm -hmm. on that. Like, what is it that feels different and um, how do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. The, uh, like the problem in the videos, because it's something that I definitely want to talk more about, but it's hard to talk about it without promoting it kind of. Um, cause that's how it was for me. You know, I tried to lose a couple of kilos and I felt like I was getting a lot stronger and then it was hard to quit. You know, you just wanted to mm. keep losing weight and that's why it's, it's very difficult to talk about. And I just want to promote like a healthy lifestyle. And, uh, for me, that is not caring about performing at the highest level possible, but to be happy with with my climbing. Um, and that's, of course, it's hard because I've been at a higher level. It's, it's probably even harder to do that. Um, but that's why I, I said that in the video because that's kind of what I want to promote, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I've, I mean, of course it's a little bit different when you're a professional climber and you make a living off of it. But if you're not, I think, uh, just having a, like a happy, healthy life is more important. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Like I just, I, I've known so many people who've struggled with it and stuff. So I'm, uh, I just want to be really careful and not promote it because I mean, I don't have that many kids watching, but I, I know I do have some kids uh, watching my videos and that's why I don't want to, 
I, I don't even talk about what I eat really uh, and stuff mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, you still look jacked and super strong and fit and everything. <clears throat> so, I mean, yeah, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to yeah, ask yeah. you, how many, do you climb a couple, like how much harder do you climb with your shirt off, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually don't think I climb much harder without my shirt. Um, uh, not anymore, at least. Maybe I used to. <laughs> but uh, now it depends on other things. It's just, I don't know, now it's more like a joke for the video, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, now I do feel a little bit lighter, though. Uh, it's just like a trigger, you know? Yeah. So It's like go time. Yeah, maybe half a grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it was really fun, again, to watch your collaboration with Adam, Andra, and you know, you train with him in his little like dojo that he's created. If you were to just fully pursue a climbing goal, let's say it's V15, are there any drills or ideas, training ideas, anything that you would take from him and try to apply? No, I don't think so, actually. I, I, um, I believe that we're all different and like... I don't. Th- I don't believe in copying someone else's program or anything. Um, I might like try to uh, copy some of the just like the motivation and the, like the intensity that he has, but I would never try to do like his program or anything. I have stuff that I know works for me, like the hangboarding stuff, um, and uh, I also think that. Just climbing more outside would really help me. I would probably just travel around and climb outside. Um, I don't think you have to climb inside. You don't have to train inside for an outside project. Um, You can just climb outside. I think that's better training. To train for what you're actually going to do, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know a lot of people set the pro. Like I know a lot of people set a, a problem on an inside wall to kind of copy it. But if you have the chance of just going outside and trying the exact prog- uh, bowler instead, I think that's better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Adam's a great example of that too. Like he trains a lot, but <clears throat> he spends more time on hard ninth grade routes than just about anybody in the world. So um yeah, this is a question from Andrew. We, maybe we've covered it already, but I'll just ask it anyway to see if you have any additional thoughts. Andrew asked, uh, during his time with Andre, were there any habits or tendencies he noticed that stood out to him as different than other top climbers he's been around? What was the biggest takeaway from their time together? I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I already knew him, so there wasn't that much new. Um, he has a coach who's not a climber. I thought that was pretty interesting. He used to do track. That was his background. So um, uh, I definitely think that's yeah different from other climbers. Having a training, uh, having a trainer who who's never done the sport is uh, yeah. is uh, strange. But it's it's probably good, you know, because Adam knows so much about training and climbing that he doesn't need any <laughs> any help with that. He just needs help with uh, like all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's different. And I uh, also thought it was interesting that he still 
drinks alcohol occasionally. Okay. But he couldn't he couldn't say it on camera or anything. So I don't know if I'm allowed to say it here, but <laughs> I I thought he would be like not drinking at all. Yeah. Um but I think he does it like pretty often to like just a little tiny bit to like relax kind of. Okay. So that was interesting. I mean yeah, I mean everything about him is interesting. The and also his whole team, how many people is involved. I think that was uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, first of all, is I mean, it's just a dedication, you know. He tries so hard every time. And he's also not af- afraid of failure. I think a lot of people in his position would be afraid to go to a bouldering gym and try because they would be afraid of failing. Mm. And also to, like in competitions and stuff, um, he even competes in like national competitions, even though... I don't know why he does that because it's so easy for him. You know, everyone expects him to win. So he has nothing to gain, everything to lose. Mm. Uh, But he still wants to compete in every competition. And I don't know, he just wants to do everything and climb everything and win everything. Um, So, yeah, he's he's just so like hungry, you know, Mm. because I think motivated is not is not the right word for what he is he's like hungry because <laughs> yeah. he could definitely be motivated without trying as hard as he does yeah that's cool yeah thanks for your thoughts on that that's really interesting magnus who inspires you and this could be climbers this could be youtubers this could be other content creators or or creatives um who are the people that you draw inspiration from these days Right now, I don't really have that many people I like draw inspiration from because there's not that many people doing the same things as I do, I guess. So I can't really think of anyone right now. I've been asked this before and I can't think of anyone. Okay. Um, Well, let's try a different angle then. I'm curious like how you come up with new ideas and new collaborations. Like what do you draw you know, ideas and motivations from as far as creating new content? No, that's, that's also difficult because I'm not really, there's not really a channel I watch and think like uh, and try to copy or anything. Yeah. I used to do that. I used to do that earlier. Um, like I would watch a lot of other like fitness channels and stuff. But now I feel like kind of, I've found my way of doing YouTube. Uh, so usually when I watch YouTube videos, I watch tutorials on either cameras or editing. Okay. I have a, I have a lot of, yeah, I watch like, I don't know, like I used to watch Peter McKinnon and all those like photographers, Daniel Schiffer, a lot of, just a lot of tutorials, like editing and video tutorials. Um, I don't, I don't watch that much climbing anymore either i i like to watch uh like world cups competitions and uh but that's about the only thing i watch on youtube yeah and sometimes i watch mellow and i watch some of the adamantra stuff on youtube well as far as like collecting your own content you know let's take this trip to california as an example so you have this trip coming up you're getting psyched how do you decide who you want to collaborate with? Like, how does that all come together, I guess? Do you just have like a running list in your mind of people that you would be excited to team up with? Or do you have like a specific strategy for 
how like who you're going to connect with when you go to a certain place? Yeah, I mean, I just reach out to people usually, but I'm, I'm kind of scared to reach out to people. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes, I can, sometimes at least. I can relate, yeah. Because you never know if they like your video or like if they think what you do is silly. Um, so uh, especially like Alex Honnold, I would never have reached out to if it wasn't for the fact that he sent me a message, a text message, like a, a month probably or, uh, before the trip just telling me that he really liked my videos and stuff. And that was so surprising to me. I never thought he would watch my stuff. Uh, so then I had a good excuse to ask him if he wanted to do a video uh, when I came to the US. And uh, luckily he said yes. But if it wasn't for that, I would have never reached out to him. And it was the same with Adam too, because it was his manager who commented on my video asking if I wanted to do a collaboration with Adam because I think I mentioned Adam in a video or something, and he commented on my video asking if I wanted to come to check. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. My girlfriend also says this to me all the time that I should I should reach out to more people, you know, because then you can make collaborations with bigger creators. But I don't know. I I, I don't want to force anyone to be in my videos, you know. So um, that's definitely something I'm working on and that I should try to be better at. Do you have dream collaborations? Do you have like people that seem unreachable that you would just love to do a collaboration with someday? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of, there's a lot of YouTube channels I would love to collaborate with. Like Yes Theory, I think would be a good match. Well, yeah, there's a fitness YouTuber, uh, Brownie would be a good match, I think. Stuff like like being on the Joe Rogan podcast, of course, would be huge, you know? I know there are a lot of there are a lot of channels that I would love to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm sorry, my voice is it sounds like I'm crying, but I'm not crying. <laughs> it's, okay. it's just my voice cracking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also with this chair, it sounds like I'm farting, but I'm not farting. Oh, I can't hear it over Zoom, sound. so we'll just pick it up okay. on the phone. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, thanks, man. Um, I've had you talk for an hour and a half already or so. So I'll, I think um, I'll let you go here pretty soon. I just have a few more questions for you. Yeah, no problem. Where are things going for you? You know, you, as far as this YouTube channel goes, as far as wanting to challenge yourself and grow, um, keeping novelty, but also I imagine like there's got to be this balance of like having new ideas that are interesting and exciting, but also just continuing to do what's what's working and not feeling like you have to... Mm reinvent the wheel all the time but um do you have goals now like you've hit a million subscribers that's a huge milestone is there a next goal is there a vision for what you want the channel to become anything like that yeah i mean i want to keep experimenting with other types of videos um i definitely want to grow keep growing i don't think 10 million is possible but Again, I never thought a million was possible either. So you never know, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to keep going until, until the channel dies out. Eventually it will. Um, and I'm not going to be afraid of experimenting with new ideas. Um, I'm probably going to do a lot of mistakes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard to predict what's going to, mm. uh, what people want to watch, you know. So I just have to try a bunch of different things and, 
yeah, and and see. But um, no, it's it's definitely like I I think after uh, YouTube, uh, like I've. I kind of look forward to it because I, I will, in many ways, I will have my life back. Uh, I can travel, I can climb outside, I can be with friends. But at the same time, I think it will be it will be very lonely. Mm. Uh, I think I will get very lonely because it feels like you've lost all your friends, you know, uh, that you've had for all these years. So I don't know. I say now that I want to do this for a certain amount of time and then I want to retire, but it might not be the case. I don't think I will know until i know you know yeah um, yeah so we'll see maybe i'll do youtube forever if it was possible maybe i would <laughs> but I, I definitely like spending more time on a project you know doing quick videos doesn't really interest me that much i would love to spend like maybe a month or something on a really high quality video that i would be really proud of and that would be nice i would love to make more like kind of the like documentary kind of videos that I just, because now, even though I, I spend 30, 40 hours on a, on a video, I, I could spend a lot more, you know, I, I could spend 400 hours on a video. Wow. Uh, and I could also spend a lot more time filming a video because I usually don't spend that much time filming a video. That usually only takes two or three hours, oh, sometimes wow. four or five hours. But, um, um, so it's definitely the editing process that's that takes a lot of time. So I, I mean something like that. Um, as I'm growing, maybe I don't have to upload every week. Maybe once a month and just do something that's higher quality uh, would be nice. Uh, I would like to. Th that's the thing. Like I, I like being behind the camera probably more than I like being in front of the camera. Mm. Uh, so if I could film someone else and still kind of be part of the video, either doing the comment, like, uh, like interviewing or somehow being also part of the video, I think that would be very interesting. So that could potentially be the future of the channel. Like not me being in every video, but me making every video, producing every video, filming, editing, but not being in front of the camera all the time. That's really cool, man. I can I can actually really see you moving into more of like an interviewing role um, because the few times you yeah. have done that, like when you've when you collaborated with Adam and some of your other collaborations, like you you seem to just naturally be interested. Like you have a lot of curiosity yeah. and you ask really thoughtful questions. I always think you do a good mm. job interviewing people. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, the, and uh, and also just the editing process because that's the creative process, you know. Um, so. Yeah, whenever I interview stuff, I think it's important that I edit the videos because I know what the good questions were and the not so good questions. So I always want to, yeah, I want to keep editing my own videos, even though it takes a long time. That's, it's a very, for me, it's a very rewarding um, process of, of the whole thing. You know, that that's cool. That actually is like, that kind of validates me. Um because I've had a number of friends say like, why are you still, like, you can find someone to do the editing for you. You know, you'd, you'd have so much mm. more free time if you did that. It just seems like a lot of podcasters, that's like the natural progression. You know, once you make enough money to be able to outsource that, that's the first thing that you give away because it takes so much time. But I, I feel really similarly, like my editing is really closely tied to how I interview people. Yeah. 
And it's... Um, and no one's going to care as much about your podcast as you do. Yes. That's what I feel about my videos. Whenever I have given material to someone else, I feel like they just... It's like a half-finished product. Product. They don't take those extra 10, 15 hours to really perfect it. Mm. Because for them, it's just a job, you know? But for me, my channel is... I mean, it's my life. Like, I don't want to put out anything that's that could have been better. Um, so I, for me, that's the thing. Like, no one's going to care as much about my videos as I do. So that's why I don't want to get an editor. Can I ask you about the financial side? I know that's touchy and you don't have to answer this, but I just have mm. zero concept of what a YouTuber with a million subscribers, like... It, do you make a great living doing this? Is it still just like, okay, I can get by, but it's normal? Are you? I mean, I know you have other things going on too. You're an owner or, mm. or partial owner in these different gyms and you have a clothing brand now. Um, but yeah, yeah is, it, is it like fame and riches or, you know? It, well, you don't, get, you don't get paid by the subscriber. So right. okay. you get paid by not, not even views. You get paid by minutes watched kind of or advertisements watched. Okay. So... It's about like having a lot of views, but also a lot of minutes uh, watch time. Um, so it's very complicated and it's, it goes up and down from month to month. But like YouTube is what has allowed me to invest in all the climate gyms mm. and everything that I've done. So uh, it's definitely, and as a professional climber, I was making very little compared to what I'm making now. So it's definitely... Right now, it's a very comfortable living for me, and I'm able to uh, to invest money into other things. But I don't take it for granted, though. It's not like this is going to last forever, so that's why I'm investing in, in gyms and stuff. Got it. Got it. Well, I'm really happy to hear that, man. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. You've, you've earned it. You deserve it. Yeah, that must feel really good, so that's awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it does feel good. I mean... Uh, yeah. I never, like when I started this, I, I never thought it'd be possible to make a living off of it. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, it kind of, it, it happens overnight kind of. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very grateful and I don't take it for granted at all. What is something, you can name more than one thing too, but what are, what are a few things that you wish you had known when you started that you now know? Uh, with YouTube or climbing? Um, actually, that's a really good question. Let's. I was asking YouTube, but I think it'd be really interesting to hear your thoughts on both. But yeah, let's start with YouTube. Well, with YouTube, I wish I knew that, uh, like, the thing about like thumbnails and titles, how important that is. I wish I knew that. I wish I could be more just genuine from the start. When I look at myself, the first few years, I was like, it feels like I was a different person, kind of. Uh, I was shy and I was just like hiding behind someone who wasn't me. So <laughs> I wish I could be more just real from the start. Um, mm. For me, like I, I was, um, I didn't have any talent for YouTube, uh, but somehow it worked. Um, and that's, I think it's just my stubbornness. You know, I kept going and I tried to improve and yeah, over the years I got, I got better. Um, How long have you been doing it now? <laughs> Five years. Okay. Five and a half. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, I was really shy in front of a camera. And um, 
I didn't know anything about cameras or editing or anything about YouTube. But uh, yeah, I don't. Apart from that, I don't. There's nothing really that I wish I knew about YouTube. I I actually I'm glad I didn't know how much work it would be because <laughs> I think if I knew how much work it'd be, then I wouldn't have started. Yeah. Um. So. Um, yeah. The, I think the ignorance was was good. What about for climbing? Are there any things that come to mind? Things you wish you'd known earlier on? Yeah, I mean, for for climbing, I just wish that I knew because I I had too much respect in the beginning for grades and for people and like I thought it was impossible. I thought everything was impossible. Mm. Uh, I wish I didn't have any respect for grades or like I just I wish I just had tried everything and knew how how good it was possible to to become like. Mm. Because uh, because uh, every generation says this, you know, like when the next generation comes and they they do something groundbreaking that they didn't even think was humanly possible. So I just wish that I, uh, like I, yeah, I didn't have any limitations or mm. I didn't have any respect because I thought that like nine A plus was the hardest thing that was ever going to be climbed. You know, <laughs> yeah. I truly believe that when when Chris Sharma climbed Realization, I thought that. Well, that is it. You know, no one's gonna ever be better at than Chris Sharma. No one's ever gonna climb anything harder. But then the next generation climbs something harder, and so I, I just wish that I had that vision. You know, that I thought that nothing was impossible. Um, and um, but I think that's the that's the biggest thing. Of course, I wish I trained harder and stuff. But that's easy to say in retrospect. Cool. That was a really good answer. Yeah, that's super interesting. And I think, yeah, I think so many of us have, I think we all have limitations and they, I, I think they're really interesting because, you know, now like my limited belief in myself has nothing to do with how hard people have climbed because, you know, Adam Andre has mm. shown us all that 15D is possible. But yeah. a lot of my limitations or self-limiting beliefs probably come from like who I learned to climb from and what climbing looked like around yeah. me where I started. And I think we're always like all of us are working on breaking those down and and uh, yeah. um, believing that more is possible. If you think something is going to be easy, then it will be easy. You know, I I always thought stuff would be super hard. I always thought that like nine A plus would be impossible for me to climb. So, I mean, it's good to be humble, but I don't think it does you any favors in climbing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But it's good for like, for like, um, what do you call it? Um, it's good to be humble when it comes to like uh, personal life. It's good to be humble, you know. Otherwise, it will be without friends. But <laughs> in climbing, I don't think it's uh, no. I don't think it's good. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> that's that's going to go on a bumper sticker of some kind. I'll find a way to. I think that's a really interesting idea. Yeah, but that's that's also what you see with like Adam Andra and a lot of other climbers. You know, it feels like they have two different personalities. They're so humble when you meet them in person, and then they can almost seem a little bit arrogant when they're climbing in a competition because they turn something on. Mm. And I, I, I mean, I was a little bit like that myself too. But I wish I had more of that. Mm. Wow. I, I wish I could just turn on like like a psychopath uh, switch <laughs> and just I don't know, go crazy and not have any any respect. Um, yeah. 
just like ultimate self-confidence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That I think that'd be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as you're able to turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, man, you've you've built this really unique and amazing life for yourself. Um, congratulations again, and I just commend you on all the hard work, and it's it really shows in the product and the videos that you create. They're so interesting. They're so engaging. I've actually learned a lot uh, from watching them, not just about you, but about climbing, about a lot of things. What are some of your favorite parts of like life, uh, opportunities that have come out of this whole thing that you didn't expect? I don't know, just so many things. So, you know, the way I'm living my life now is just, <clears throat> it's just very different. I've met so many people through YouTube. And I also think I learned a lot about myself because I'm editing myself so much. Uh, I become aware of bad habits. In the beginning, I remember that I, I had so I, I was making so many excuses always, and I always had to cut away those excuses. <laughs> so that's something I've actually stopped doing in real life because I became so aware of that wow. uh, because I I was like editing myself all the time. So stuff like that, I think, because you you are actually able to see yourself from the outside more often than normal people. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something a little bit different. Um, but also, uh, I don't know, I, I've also learned that I used to think that climbing was everything in my life. And now I don't really uh, believe that anymore. And I also like the fact that I've been able to make, first I made climbing, which was a passion. I made that into like a, a job, a profession. And now I've made something that I'm equally excited about, like YouTube. I made that into something that I can live off of. But first of all, I mean, I just feel extremely uh, privileged to be to be able to do this. Um, and I think that's really important that I stay grounded and I don't take it for granted. Uh, don't get lazy with my editing and my videos. I always have to, I have to try to keep evolving. And yeah, um, that's what I'm, I try to remind myself. Because I, 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 yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely hungry for more. Mm. Okay, so you've, you have this climbing passion, you have this YouTube passion, and you can kind of see that this YouTube passion might not last forever. Hopefully, it does. Yeah. Um, are there any things, other things that you love doing that you would, you know, future you like ten years from now, maybe like a chapter of your life devoted to something totally different? Are there any things like that that come to mind? Yeah, I love traveling, um, traveling, hiking, exploring. And I used to travel a lot, but I used to travel for like competitions and to go to a climbing area or something. I would love to just like go backpacking or something or sailing, sailing for a year or something. Yeah, I'd love that. So I don't know, there's there's so much more that I want to do in life. And um, hopefully I... I can do that after I'm done with YouTube, even though I don't want to be done with it. Maybe I can take a break from YouTube and do that stuff and then return to YouTube. That would be ideal. Well, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate your time today. It's been good to get to know you. you have, um, you're a really thoughtful guy. Yeah, I really enjoyed and, and I'm going to be excited to re-listen to some of your answers there. I think you have some really good insights. 
um, yeah. into climbing into into life. So, um, mm. yeah, I'm excited to see what's next for you. I actually want to ask you that. What's next for you? What's coming up? Not that lots much. Lots of really. editing. Um, lots of editing this summer, and uh, I don't really have any plans. But now that the borders have opened, I think I will be traveling a lot. Just making YouTube videos from anywhere. Um, yeah, I don't really have a plan in life. I never had a plan, and it has always worked out. So, yeah, I don't. I don't want to plan things really. Uh, I think life is also more exciting that way. So I tend to not have a plan and like that better. Well, for people that are listening to this, that are just getting to know you, um, what would you love for them to check out? Where can they follow you, et cetera? Well, I guess that's YouTube. I'm not that active on Instagram. So that's my YouTube channel. And that's just my name. How do you pronounce your last name? Magnus Mitbo? Is it... Yeah, M-I-D-T-B-O. Yeah. How do you say your last name? Mitbo. Mitbo. Okay. Mitbo. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll be sure to I'll be sure to link to your YouTube channel for people that want to check it out. Um, what about favorite videos? Uh, good places for people to start to find out what your channel's about. Do you have any that you're most proud of or that you think are good recommendations for people? I don't know. It, it just depends on what you're into, I guess. Okay. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'll share some of my favorite. Yeah, you should do that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, my it's it's a real privilege to have you. Um, I'm really glad that you were willing to do this. Um, I know how busy you are, and you were really generous with your time today, and it was super fun. So thanks again. Yeah, likewise. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll put all of the things, all the links in the show notes, per usual at thenuggetclimbing.com, and we will see you guys next time. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Magnus. Thank you so much for listening to the full thing. I have a few quick notes for you before you go. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Magnus's YouTube channel. It's really entertaining. I really enjoy it. It's fascinating to me how interesting it is to watch Magnus and his friends climbing in the gym. But he's so good at doing this and he keeps it really entertaining with all these challenges that he's doing and things like that. So be sure to check it out. I'll put a link to it right there in your podcast app and in the show notes at thenuggetclimbing.com. And be sure to check out Petzl. Shop for Petzl helmets at your local climbing shop or online at petzl.com and get top and side protection to keep your noggin safe. Just in case, God forbid, the unexpected happens. Experience the difference with Petzl. Also, be sure to check out Crimped. Head over to crimped.com or find the Crimped app in the App Store. The free version gives you access to 75 different workouts created by professional coaches. It's awesome. So go check it out and see if you like it. It's free. Also, be sure to check out PhysiVantage. I take their supercharged collagen every day to support my finger training. I can't recommend it enough if you're training your fingers. Head over to physivantage.com. Use code NUGGET15 at checkout. You'll save 15% off your next order and try out some collagen. And finally, be sure to check out Chalk Cartel. I actually have an entire box of Chalk Cartel in my van because it's the only chalk I want to climb with. If you're ready to try it yourself, head over to chalkcartel.com. Use code NUGGET for 20% off your next order. It's my favorite chalk and I know you'll love it. 
And that is it, my friends. Thank you so much again for listening to the very end. I really appreciate you guys. I've done a lot of episodes and it's so fun to still have so many of you listening and so many new listeners tuning in. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Much love to all of you and we will see you next time. Like we do it, like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.